this could this could eventually this is gonna be our theme song. Like when people hear this, they're gonna be like, Oh, here come the old heads. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, we back. Episode two of the old heads. We back in the building. And just like our last episode where we was talking old school versus new school point guards and it was it was so good had so much to talk about we really only touched on the old school point guards so we're going to continue that conversation today go keeping it with point guards but we're going to look into the current point guards and 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 the future point guards cuz we made a list of just some of the top point guards that are currently playing that's under the age of 25 or 24 or something like that. So the young guns, okay. who's going to be the point guards for this next generation? Um, I, I mean, we have, we have a few, we, do we put six? I we have put six. six. Okay. Yeah. So, so who's your top six? No, I'm going to start. I'm going to be like Drake and start from the bottom. <laughs> so at number six, I put Lamelo Ball. Ooh, now some people That's gonna be already? mad that he he only number six in the top twenty four. Or some people gonna be mad he's even in here. Well, but I, it's it's under twenty four. Yeah. Mean, okay. I mean, okay. Who who else you gonna put? Yeah. In let's. There? Yeah. May, you you probably right. I mean, remember um, we said twenty four because if if the Jate Murray. Okay. Yeah. Was a year it. younger. Mm-hmm. Mello wouldn't have even made my list. You would have put Dejounte Murray. I would have put him. Okay, there. that seems that seems legit. So, this is a that's an NBA All Star. So I, I put him number six, okay. and then my number five, I like Garland in Cleveland. Ooh, man, Darius Garland in the top five future Under point guards. 24. Okay, well not okay. future, but they right now because a yeah, lot of them yeah, are Yeah, you right, you right, you right. And they, these ain't rookies anymore. Okay. You know, so. My number four, and and partially I put him four because I knew, you know, if I if if I put the next guy at four instead of him, I pro- probably would have got some slack from you, Mister Sooner. Oh yeah, you talking Trey Young? Yeah, then. I ain't got to him yet. But oh, my okay. number four is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm. Okay. And he don't get a lot of love because he played for OKC. Right. But people around the league, and if you watch basketball, then you know. He ain't nothing to be messed with. No, he can go. He yeah. he is a player. Yep, you're right. You casuals don't know about him because he's with the Thunder, and, and y'all don't young. watch the Thunder all the time. But you need to you need to watch basketball. Yeah, he he. Because even when good. the Thunder getting beat, they not getting waxed. No, he's a good player. Long, athletic, he, does it all. Score, pass, ball. everything. Yeah, yeah. So my number three Trae is young. your sooner, Trey Young. Ooh, he's three. And, so and, that's... and he been balling. <laughs> Especially of late, well, especially when he go to New York. <laughs> but he been balling, right? Right. So now, the the top two, mm. I think it can go either way. I know one, and some people are gonna fight know. me on this, but my number two is Luca. Mm. Mm. Like, you know where the fight's gonna come from? It's gonna come out of a place of Luca not being a point guard. What is he? Well, he's not exactly. a big man. He he, you know, he's like a utility. Put your coaching I, hat you on. Put, what position is he playing? I, small <laughs> forward. He's a he's a he's a. So you gonna have forward. somebody else that's better than him handling the ball? 
Well, he probably handled the ball most. I mean, just like LeBron James. I don't, most people aren't going to say LeBron James is the best point guard of all time. So you don't think, well, I'll put it like this. If Jalen Brunson is not on the court, Luka is the point guard on that team. Absolutely. Even when Jalen Brunson is on the floor. A but lot I would of still say I would still say Brunson is the point guard. I would say Luka's either the two or the three. But he does play like a point guard. He does take the responsibilities of a point guard. So I can see you making yeah. that. I, I call him a point guard. What they I, say, I don't have any problem with him being. name him Clay, I'm going to call him Clay. Right, right. Like, I don't have any problem with him being number, you know, ahead of Trey Young or even number two on this list. The only issue would be if he's really a point guard. But if he is, yeah, he's matter of fact. No, I have another argument then. Let me let me let you okay. finish your list. Who's number one? My number one is Ja. Mm. Okay. That seems like an obvious choice, especially for this year. Ja's balling. Yeah. Balling. And if them if if them if if they make it and do good in the fight if they just get to the conference finals, then next oh, he's year done you gotta more look than his out. Yeah. Cause yeah. nobody expected them to come on like that. And I just no. I just like his his grit because they they've in, oh, yeah. they've incorporated all that old grit from Tony Allen and uh, Rand, Zach Randolph and all of them they've yeah, the incorporated all of that it's like we're not scared of anybody and his next man up yeah and people are gonna say some stupid stuff like well when Ja doesn't play they know they, they fit no they're fifteen and two when Ja is out the oh, game oh really oh is that right so they say, See, we I don't didn't need know that ja. and I'm like no you need Ja yeah. I said, but they just have that mentality. And he's a Michael Jackson on that team, but he don't really mind being Jermaine and giving yeah. up giving up the mic yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Even when he's on the court. Yeah, he's a he's a point guard. He's not selfish. He got he has all the intangibles, all amazing athleticism. He definitely I would say this year, um, you know, he catapulted himself to where he's even number one on a lot of people's lists. Right. You know, probably this time last year, he was probably not cracking the top five. Um, we may talk about him later in the MVP. Man, we may seriously stay tuned. Um, so who's but, yours? But I, I'm gonna stay within the same. At least that top five, I would put. <clears throat> I wouldn't have Luca in there because okay. I wouldn't consider him a point guard. But if he was, this is what I was saying. I would argue with you a little bit even on that because. If we're going to say Luke was a point guard, I'm going to put him above Ja. Just because I think long-term he's going to be better. And I think even right now he's better. I think Luka does more for his team. I think Memphis is having a great season, you know, even better than Dallas is. But to me, Luka's just a The a best thing that happened player. to him was Jason Kidd. Oh, Luka, yeah. Jason Kidd yeah, told him to sure. get in shape because – I mean, he likes stretch mark five. I look better with my shirt off <laughs> than he did. I'm just saying. And <laughs> Jason Kidd told him to stop crying all the time to the referees. So that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, I saw that he's too. He's calmed him I down a little too, bit. That he made a comment about how he's going to chill out <laughs> on but, crying but, to the refs all those, the time. Those were, those were my biggest strikes against, against if we're going to call Luka a point guard, those were my biggest strikes against him. Right. No, but if he get in shape and, and Jason Kidd keep making him, helping him get mm -hmm. better, I'm not gonna have an argument if somebody want to say he's the man. Yeah, he's the top guy. Yeah, I, I would say, right now I would say uh, Luca over Ja and Trey, and and really you know I'm a sooner so and I know that's I'm hard for some, you to say. I'm gonna have some love for my guy. 
I mean, when it when Trey Young and Luca were first drafted, you know, they were always compared to each other. But they always gonna be. Always will be. They're linked to each other, like and that's Larry just gonna Bird be and magic. That's just gonna be what it is. And even though I'm a OU guy, and I'm a you know I'm a Trey Young fan, I even early on I always thought that you know Luca was a little bit better of a player than Trey. Trey's kind of small, and and Luca can do more. Who's gonna get a ring to his first? Team. And, and that's what it's gonna come. That's down what to. it's gonna come down to. And I can't, you know, I'm I'm trying not to be a homer and see things from you know my perspective or my way. But Trey Young hasn't backed down on his his level of play. When you know when he got into the league, it looked like maybe he's too small. He's not gonna have that same impact. And it's been the opposite. He's scored more, been able to have more assists, and actually lead his team to the Eastern Conference Finals before Luka could even sniff a Western Conference Finals, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you think either one of them either are going to stay with their team or going to go seek the bigger light somewhere else? That's a good question, too. I think both of these players and their organizations love those players and they want to build around them. So, you know, I think – when you're dealing with an international player like Luca, I've noticed that those players are more willing to stay put because to them, you know, I'm from Croatia or whatever. I don't care. Milwaukee's the same as Minnesota or any other American city to me, so I'm fine with where I'm at. But whereas, Trey is a small-town guy. Whereas American guys, they we look around like, man, I ain't trying to be in Milwaukee. I'm not trying to be in Sacramento. I'm not trying. You know, they want to go to – big cities or big marketplaces. Trey Young's already in Atlanta. They've kind of embraced him there. You know, he's got in with the Atlanta culture, with the rappers, and he got his ice tray thing going Lemon on. Lemon pepper going. Yeah. Lemon I, pepper chicken going. <laughs> exactly. So so I think he, you know, he'll probably stay put. But, again, the NBA is one of those things where it goes ups and da- up and down, up and down. They have a few bad seasons. He could be on the trade block. Mm-hmm. He could be, you know, Whatever, but I think both of those guys are more. A GM is gonna have an easier time trying to recruit guys to play with them than trade them off or or lose them. They sell tickets exactly. So you you're probably gonna win games with them, and you got fans, you know, loving it. And they're both. I know we're talking about Luca, whether he's a point guard or not, but they, as far as play, they both are point guards, unselfish players. So shouldn't be that hard to get another superstar or, or you know all-star players to play with them which can lead to them being good for a long time so it, it's same with John ja Morant I think uh Ja is there he's got a team around them they're seeing success you don't have to have no superstar with him right. to have that success they like man let's ride this out and you know Ja is like you said Ja is the Michael Jackson he's the ticket seller he's the one everybody's paying to go see but he ride with them. He's like, with them. You they can, play you as can a team. You see going though, to Memphis and seeing Ja in the mall at the Foot Locker, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's that. He's guy. that guy. You can see yeah. him on Bill Street eating barbecue, yeah, he's that just guy. chilling. He ain't got a bunch of guys around. And remember, we we made this list thinking that we're a GM, right? So while we still got this GM hat on, before you tra- trade topics, so you're a GM. Are you Max and Kyrie? Mm. And Max and Zion, because Zion's his rookie contract is up now, and Kyrie is is about to be a free agent. With your GM at man, 
That's it, with the teams, that, I'll put it like this. If, if you're with Brooklyn, are you re-signing Kyrie? Or if you're with another team, are you trying to max him out somewhere else? Oof. Man, that's tough. To, I definitely wouldn't as another team. Because I, I, don't you think the Brooklyn, as the Brooklyn GM, you kind of handcuffed because if you trade him, you're going to yeah. probably piss off KD? Yeah, you're going to lose everything. I feel like Brooklyn. But KD's a, already signed, so he can't really go nowhere. Yeah. They maxed him already. Yeah. Yeah. I, but still, not knowing where, how KD's going to feel about it, where guys demand trades or want to sit out and all these things. I, I, Kyrie done put himself in such a spot where he's so unpredictable that it's hard to put that type of money on something. And, and he's not the type of person that, okay, with Zion, I'm like this. I might max Zion. Zion because the position that we're in. I don't want to lose him for even nothing. Though he, even though his health? I don't want to lose him for nothing. And his conditioning? When, when, when they got the number one pick a couple years ago, it was like their organization was saved. It was like salvation. So a couple years later to lose him for nothing doesn't seem... So he's kind of like Embiid. Yeah, I mean... When Embiid was hurt all those years before. Trust the process. The difference is they're still somewhat winning... So they're not tanking where they're going to get another number one pick and another number one pick like like Philly did. But Zion, I might I might re-sign him and even give him the max if they demanded it just because I don't want to lose him for nothing. And I feel like we can have a conversation. Let me have a conversation with Zion and feel him out and see where we're at and feel good about it. What scares me about Kyrie is I feel like we can have a conversation with Kyrie, sign, and then everything that we talked about in that conversation will be out the window Two days later, or a week later. And if you're a GM for another team, is it easier for you to sell sell your owner on Kyrie or on Zion? Mm, that's a good or question. Or does it depend on where your team is at? That's a good question. I mean, obviously, I think Kyrie is a little, you know, he's further on in his career, so you could probably justify a win-now move with Kyrie. Like, man, we're, we're one piece away. We just need this point guard. He can He can put us over the top. Whereas Zion, to me, is still a rebuilding piece. Like, you know, where if you want a young team that with some potential that's going to, you know, be good for a long time, you've got a young core to match them with, something like that, go ahead. I wouldn't be bringing Zion into no team like the Lakers or the Clippers. Or but I would kind of disagree just because this is the old heads. You're right. Remember back in the day, so, so Zion gets compared to Barkley a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you remember when the 76ers drafted Barkley, they had Dr. J on the mm-hmm. team. They had Moses came mm-hmm. and they had Maurice Cheeks mm-hmm. and Andrew Tony. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of veterans around them. That squad. Even though it was a different time there because you could just back, double backhand somebody and get them to fall <laughs> in line. And these guys now, to me, are a little bit more sensitive. True. But That's all true. I think Zion – you know, and I, I think we'll save that for next time. Well, what what would be good fits for them if they went somewhere else? Yeah, I, he needs to stay put and earn it. Or, you know, it's the same thing with some of these guys. Like, you got to earn, not just earn your spot, but show what your value is. Yeah, I, it's it's hard to pinpoint how good. But the way Zion the league is, is now, you don't so have to show all of that. Look at look at how they're rushing people out now. 
to get them out of college. We try because if you stay four years of college, then you consider you damaged goods. <laughs> you a scrap, right? Even right. with this tournament going on right now, you you damaged goods. Yeah. So these kids now they've drafted all these kids on potential, mm -hmm. and then you get in these kids and they have to learn how to play. Everybody can't be like we were just talking about Luca and Trey and just come in yeah, and, and, and play right then. Right. You know, a lot of these people are projects. They make it harder. That's a good point. The John Morant emergence, Luca, Trey Young, they making it hard and if it for take you other two or three years to players. develop, and then your rookie contract is up, yes. and I got to decide: Am I going to max this dude out, and he hasn't done anything yet? Right, right. Or let another team max him out because of based off of what they seen or what they think is going to be there, and that's that's pretty much the current state of the NBA, and that's why we have so many good teams but mm -hmm. only a few great teams. And and I think the NBA has done a great job of of keeping their league relevant and keeping all teams relevant as much as possible. I think the NFL is tries to do that, but to me the NFL is a different a whole different ball game because to me in NFL almost all teams are and plus, Equal. you can't relate to an individual. People people relate to teams in the NFL more than they relate. Like, right. like I see people a lot of times, they'll say, well, I'm not a Lakers fan, but I like LeBron. Right. And if LeBron goes somewhere else, then that's where I'm, I'm going. That team. But in the NFL, I'm like that. But in the NFL, that's your team. Yeah. yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if, if, if Dak Prescott go to another team, I'm still, still going to rock with the Cowboys. Fan. Right. Right. And I think the the NFL is definitely more team oriented because of the style of the game and the traditional aspect of the game. The amount of players yeah. that play offense, defense, and like, is definitely more. Zion's of a team game. been hurt and he plays on a bad team, but he's still on national commercials. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the NFL, you kind of got to win. Yeah. To get a commercial, and then we got to know who you Baker are because we don't know your face. The only faces we know is Tom Brady, right, and a couple of other people. We Everybody see you with a helmet else. on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. We talked about. Um, I mean, Trey, Trey, Ja, and Luca are better than Zion, but I see Zion on more commercials. Right, right. Because Zion's been marketable since he was in high school. Right. So you know, you know, the companies was you know couldn't wait to throw money at him. Zion and his job was on the same AAU team. Imagine if you had to coach against that. <laughs> 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 and that goes back to what you said before, the problem with AAU. you Okay, y'all got John Morant and Zion on the same team. What are y'all really trying to do here? Yeah. Come on. Is anybody getting better or y'all just dunking on everybody and having what, a good what, time? What kind of defense you got for that, Coach? <laughs> no, you ain't got nothing. You probably got some good kids over there, too, that's that's about to get embarrassed. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, so I think, you know, um, Zion is – not necessarily a big man, but we were gonna transition into the big talk of the big men dun, in, dun, the, in, the, in the league. Now, I wouldn't put Zion in there as big man. Not a center. He big, but he ain't he he ain't a that small, tall. Powerful. He's not tall. That's, That's why the I compared him to Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Power but forward. As of right now, I know it's hard to say, but who you take a Charles or this is old school versus new school? Charles Barkley or Zion Williamson? I'm gonna have to take Barkley, man. Yeah, me too. Cause he healthy. Me too. Number one. Number one, he healthy. And e even availability when he was is the best. And e and yeah, and even when he was eating hot dogs and everything yeah, else. Yeah, you know he was eating. Yeah, he yeah. showed up. 
He's in a lot better shape than Zion. But, and, but I, and, he, I, and I even bet Charles ate more junk food yeah. than Zion do. Because this is the old heads, and, and guys back then wanted to play. Wasn't no load management or right. none of that other stuff. Right, right. And we wanted to beat people's heads in. And, and Barkley wouldn't, didn't have uh, 5 million views on YouTube when he was yeah. in high school and stuff either. So, right. you but, know. But, but he would have if they had social media back then. Yeah, I think sometimes, and I don't want to cast Zion as this and limit him and put him in this box because it wouldn't necessarily be fair to him. But I do think that he's almost like a like a gimmick player. Not that he's gimmick and he's not good, but to be jumping and dunking like the way he is and be the size he is is so amazing that it's worth seeing. It's going to sell tickets. But can he play basketball? Grandma, grandma was big like that, and he had to slim down. Yeah, look yeah. at look at, look, and we going to the big man. Look at Embiid now. Mm-hmm. Think about Embiid a couple of years ago. Big man taking over the league. And, and right they now. said, "Well, was somebody said I, I watched the game the other night, and somebody made two good points about Embiid. They're like, well, becoming a father kind of matures you, mm-hmm. and then he became a father, so that slowed him down a mm-hmm. little bit and calmed him down. But then he got a chef." And he got a trainer, mm. and he looks like mm-hmm. spectacular. Mm-hmm. So that's what make the big man the big man. Yeah, and they and they taking over the league, starting I, I, with Embiid and Jokic. Yeah, when you when you said the big man, I just named twelve big men in the league today. In the league today, that's so. So it's like we back to. And I, not I'm glad you saying not that. these fake big men because think about it. The NBA All Star when you vote for the All Star team, you used to have a center. And you put pick two forwards and you pick two, two guards. guards. And now they got three front court people and, and two back court. Yeah, they I said you need to bring that they center back. Out the center all I, I, I got the I way got up. ten. And you named Embiid and Joker. And I'm They're not messing with Joker. I'm not messing with Joker because that's another one. Stretch mark five. He take <laughs> he take his shirt off. I look better than him. Right. But he's doing everything. Right. And when I say everything, he's, he's the reigning MVP. He's gonna lead them in rebounding, blocks, assists. Points, mm-hmm. whatever you need him to do. Mm-hmm. Aiden just got thirty five last night, mm-hmm. and we we just scratching the surface of what he mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. And he's with a, he a, what twenty five. He you, the comparison I give to Aiden is Robert Parrish. See now, Robert Parrish a little bit before my time. But, I do but, remember him playing, but, but he was old head already. Right, but but when he was with the Celtics, when it was Parrish, McHale, and Larry Bird, Bird. Parrish, if he was on any other team. He's the man, mm-hmm. and he kind of mm-hmm. push it, push, push. He's his legit game seven to, footer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, Mikael, and Larry Bird—that was their front line. Yeah, that's so, tough. So that's tough to do. And with Aiden, I'm looking at the things that he's doing, and he gets—I won't say that he gets to the background or whatever—but when you got Chris Paul and you got Booker, mm-hmm. and then now uh, Bridges, Bridges is coming up and everything else, then it's kind of like I just need to do my part, but. The good thing about that team, and I stress the word team, if they see somebody that's on eight and that small, if you try they to, go to – They go to him. It's barbecue chicken. Yeah. And yeah. he don't mind and, – and like last night, he went up against another center, Cat. That's the other one. I was going to say – Because Cat been balling Kat and he's been telling people Kat they too small to guard right behind those other – Joe Kitchen and Embiid as yeah. far as big men right now. Well, Kat, I didn't rank them. Yeah. But I, yeah. But I put them and, – and, just based off last night's performance, I put Aiden over Cat. And Aiden should won. be in there too because yeah. he kind of, like you said, he almost gets forgotten about because of the rest of his team and they play more of a team game and they don't just force right. feed him. But and I don't, ever since inside. last year, I noticed he, 
he'll go at people if they're smaller. But They'll coach, go to him. That's one of the reasons that I like watching the Phoenix Suns. He rebounds. Because he they plays play defense. ball. They're not just jacking threes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and once Cat learns how to play. The best thing for DeAndre Ayton was Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. Because you could – like he just, you could just see it. He's soaking up. He's soaking up so much game from Chris Paul and getting, getting, uh, you know, involved. And Chris Paul is one of those guys that definitely makes players better and makes his big men better. Right. You know, remember he had DeAndre Jordan looking like he was one of the best centers in the league at one point. And so, I hope they pay him. Well, you talking about Aiden? Yeah. Well, because other people gonna come at him. Cause he gonna think, get he can get paid anywhere, but I hope that he appreciates winning. He seemed like he really loved it there, man. He yeah. with you see well, them all the time to, dancing. The They're always dancing around pregame, they, postgame. They seem like they like each other. They really do, man. And and and, and it's hard not to like them and root for them because, like you said, us old heads, we like seeing team basketball. I little. like it running from the inside out yes. versus the outside yes. in. And, and and somebody with his size and athleticism, seeing him. Uh, engage himself so much on the defensive side of the floor, and and he's somebody that he can stretch and shoot. Yeah, he can, but he don't. But he don't that often. You know what I mean? I remember so, when Aiton and Bagley played for that elite school up in Phoenix when they were mm-hmm. in high school, and they came uh, down yeah. in scrimmage, Coach's College. Mm-hmm. And I said back then, and Aiton was shooting threes and doing yeah. all kind of things then, and I, I I knew that those kids were NBA guys. Yeah. From 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 the beginning, yeah, because you don't really see coaches get blew out, especially not by no prep school. No, no, yeah, no grad school or, right. or prep school, yeah, yeah. But and, they, you know, yeah. they were loaded too. Exactly. Though. I mean, you got two NBA bigs. You know, that's that's exactly. all you need. Bagley too. I mean, yeah. he's he's not as as up there talent wise with DeAndre Ayton, Carl Anthony Towns, or even the other young boy. Uh, from Cleveland, Mobile. Oh yeah, I, I got him on my list too. Yeah, he's on the list. Yeah, Who I else got, you got um, on there. So you know, I'm I'm biased to the Bulls, but Vucevic, Vucevic, man, yeah, he's a walking double double. He's like number three in the most double doubles in the league this year. Oh really? And I think he's at. I want to say he's like at sixteen and ten. Mm. And he don't get as many touches oh, as he yeah. used look to at, because of the, DeRozan yeah. and Levine now. But he's still a walking double double. Um, also. Shout out to your Lakers. Dwight Howard had twenty six and twelve last night. I mean, when if you just and they were just going to him, yeah. And I'm like, that's it's that's why I don't understand why people, why people are sleeping on going inside. And 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 the other guy that comes off the bench that that don't get no love, Andre Drummond. Yeah, a walking double double. Yeah. And when he when he starts, he leads the league in rebounding usually. And I mean, another, he led the league in rebounding like four years in a row. Right. Another guy that slept on, but is vital to that team that just came back off an of injury is Brooke Lopez. Yep. For yep. defense, and he can stretch the floor. Yep. And he could go in the post if he needed yep. to. And he's a glue guy. And then that leads me with that Cleveland, that whole front line. Jared Allen. Yeah, Jared Allen is nice too. Mobley. Mobley. And I, I have to mention him just because he's a seven footer, but just the fact that the Martin, coach, yeah. the coach of Cleveland said, "I got to play what I got," and these are my best players that I got right here. So I'm gonna play three seven footers. And they're like, "Oh my God, you can't play three seven footers!" But look, nobody thought Cleveland was gonna be six. They're not in the play in. Right. Nobody saw Cleveland doing that. And that kid Mobley is gonna be a monster. Yeah. They're trying to compare him to Bosch. 
But, I mean, I, it might be sacrilegious to say, but I kind of see a little bit of Timmy in him mm. when I watch him. To me, honestly, if I never thought of that, but he do look more like defense, Tim Duncan On the defensive part and the offense, and, and because he's, cause Timmy, you never saw Timmy on, on the ESPN on the, on the highlights. Right. And when I see Mobley, that's what I see. Right. But you see the stat line, and it'd be like, like Bosch 21 and 14. Bosch didn't like play deep. They try to compare him to Bosch, but Bosch don't play defense like that kid. Mm. That kid wants to block every – him and Jared Allen are fighting each other For to block shots. Yeah. All right, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a long front line. Yeah. And, and Mobley's young. So, now, I think you know. ultimately Markin is going to come off the bench, and yeah. they're going to have Levert out there. And I think yeah. they're going to bring Sexton off the bench too. When he comes, Sexton should start. Well, no, because they That's like too they, small. they like in um. Well, yeah, because Garland's gonna be your point. Garland is the point guard. He took the job when Sexton got hurt. They really like that uh, Okoro Isaac Okoro. He's a he's big. He's yeah, big though. He likes six five. Yeah, so yeah. he could play I mean, the two guard. But remember, they got Levert. Yeah, Levert Levert just can't supposed stay, to be. He can't stay healthy. That's his thing, and, and yeah, so Cleveland's gonna be. Cleveland's going to be right there, especially yeah. when LeBron get back over there. <laughs> and then you forget about the defensive guy, cause especially because they've been losing lately, is Gobert. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's another big man. And they're running offense through him. Yeah. Well, and you mean they don't run no offense. They don't run yeah. offense through him. But they've been losing a lot lately, but you still can't forget his presence on the court. Man, um, they and they look. shoot a lot of threes. Yeah. So, and then my, my last one for the big man of this big man resurgence, styles make fights. You ever heard, heard people say that? Mm-mm. Like the, the, they say styles make fights. So how we play. So like if the referee, go, you know, like coach. If, oh, I see what you're if, saying. If, if the referee going to let us play and let me get up in you, then that's when I'm going to get up in you. Right. So last year, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies traded centers. Valanciunas went went to New Orleans and Steven Adams came from New Orleans and went to Memphis. Memphis. And everybody said Valanciunas got, the New Orleans Pelicans got the best of that deal. But because Styles. I'm not a Valanciunas fan. I like Steven Adams. So because Styles made fights, what do you know Memphis for? Yeah, gritty, tough. So is Steven Adams a dude that you want to fight? Oh, no. Not if you want to win. Right. Not if you're trying to win a fight. He fits in perfect. With what they run it. You ain't got to run a play for them. I'll go get all the rebounds. If I want to shoot, I'll grab an offensive rebound genius. and put it back up. That and he's genius. an enforcer. He's That was genius. And he's an enforcer. He fits that, that culture so perfect. He, so he's played me, with Westbrook. It's very kind of similar when Westbrook was. Yeah, so he's doing like prime. similar things there. It's like, you ain't got to run no plays for me. I got oh. you. I'm going to run the floor. I'm going to rebound. I'm going to get you the ball. I'm going to do all those things. And and when I watch him play, like I watched him play last night, and and he was just tossing people around. Yeah, and you got to have an enforcer too, man. Like I, I think it was Jeff Van Gundy one time said it. It's funny, and I always think about it and remember it. But he was saying that you can't, um, you can't win a championship with all good guys on your team. You right. got to have you a knucklehead. You got to get. You got to have a knucklehead or two. Yeah, and and that and that's true because if you're a good team. Like Memphis is a perfect example. Is if you a good team, you probably got a superstar, or somebody that's doing something electric, and, and they got that in John Moran. And they're too deep at every position. As a coach, against them, if I was coaching against 
Memphis, and I have to go, you know, game plan against this John Morant who's doing 360 layups and dunking on everybody. What of us old head coaches style is going to tell our defense? We're going to say, man, gotta tap him a give him bit. a couple love taps when he get up in here. But if you do that. With Steven Adams out there, it's a little bit tougher to make those yeah. love taps because you know he's watching and you know he's going he's gonna to retaliate and he's going to even stop you from even doing that because John, he's that guy. John, run your man around me. I'm going to set the screen for you. Exactly. I got you. I got you. We ain't, he ain't going to get too out of his mind. Trust they me. They had a game early this season, and Ja, who's not going to back down from nobody, he's like, well, we ain't looking for the smoke, but we want the smoke. <laughs> and, and and somebody tried I, – I, I don't know why I want to say it's the Lakers that tried to punk him. And – he was about he was about to go toe to toe with oh, somebody. Yeah. And Stephen Adams. I don't know if it was Lakers Stephen or Adams somebody. Yeah, Stephen picked Adams. him up, moved him out Carried the way. Carried him out the way. And said, now, nah, brothers, do we got it? Do we got a problem over here? <laughs> right. Because I'm not gonna let you mess with my man right here. Right. But know? I'll handle anything, any yeah, discussion we, we, we want. Any run discussion those discussions wanna, through me first. And them other guys on that team ain't backing down either. Right. Bang, right. he got the little bitty Jurassic Park arms, but he kind of he kind of big too. Yeah, you know, yeah, he looked like know he could lift the weights. They weren't gonna draft him because his arms was too short. Well, well, hey, Memphis, uh, Memphis made the right call on that because that boy can and we shoot. We talking about bigs. Memphis put Kyle Anderson on on, on KD, and Kyle, I never saw KD get a shot blocked, and I saw him get a shot blocked twice last night. I love Kyle Anderson because I love players that know their role and they don't try to do too much and. Just kind of good at everything. He seemed yeah. like one of the smartest players on the floor at all. And time. then even going back to the bigs, KD and Kyrie didn't want to come to the paint with Stephen Adams waiting down there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Stephen, the Stephen Adams is a great decision. That that's a perfect fit, even for playoff basketball. That's a right. perfect fit. Like I, Stephen Adams was borderline All Star level caliber player for what he do. Now, it's just that, like you said, in the All-Star game, they want to push the centers all the way out because, like, in an All-Star game, what is it that you're going to do as a center? We want to see half-court shots and dunks and alley-oops. You're out here rebounding and, and setting hard screens. That's not really All-Star. Even Jokic, who's the reigning MVP, he disappears in these All-Star games, and he was talking about it afterwards and was like, yeah, All-Star rather, games are actually harder. At the home. They harder to play than the regular games exactly. because – I when I get out there, I just don't know what to do. I can't run and go dump and jump over people like John Moran. I can't shoot from half court like Steph. I can't do the stuff LeBron James does. But in the confines of a regular game, especially playoff games, the skills that Jokic has, even Steven Adams brings you, that's what's needed, especially in the playoffs. Well, the difference between regular season and playoffs is kind of like we say the difference between pickup ball and playing with referees. Oh, yeah. So yeah. We, we about to find out. Yeah, we'll find out what's real because all that stuff was cute, but let's see what's, what's really real. And, and and you know, that's why I, it's just good to see big men back in the league or back dominating the league. I don't think big men went anywhere. We had some big men, you know, you brought up Dwight Howard. He's in the tail end of his career, but, you know, throughout he his career, been he's, top 75 he's, dom he's been dominant, you know, and there was a time where he was kind of the only one. And you he just know, he won't play because they say that. the big man, we we can't play him on the court because he's in the way. And I'm like, big man wasn't never in the way before. 
I don't Moses, understand. You gonna put Moses Malone on the bench? It's always been no. You gonna put Kareem, no. Hakeem? You go Timmy? You gonna put any of them on the bench? Yes, that's what. Uh, that's a great point. That would be the point. Of like, all. What do you It'd mean? It'd be like saying, man, way. you know what? We can't play David Robinson and Tim Duncan okay. at the same so, time. So then here's my thing: the way they playing now, you mean to tell me Shaq couldn't play? Cause he in the way. That's what I'm saying. And, and Shaq couldn't even shoot free throws, but you still had to have him on the court. <laughs> For real. For real. The most dominant. What For do you real? call yourself? The most dominant big man ever. Ever. I and, and what even hurts me about it is the Lakers specifically. When they won in the bubble, it was because hey, everybody's playing this small ball, but we throw out there. We got LeBron, AD. Dwight Howard, JaVale yeah, McGee. JaVale McGee, too. All these guys. You were just bigger than everybody. You got to assert your will and bully these teams. And what did the Suns do? The Suns got beat up by bigs last year. So they're like, okay, well, let me go get JaVale McGee. Well, let's go get JaVale let me McGee. Let a couple other people. Let's, hey, DeAndre Ayton was kind of up and down as far as injuries, but he's back. And then they Even shirted it up. Even Mark Biakum. Yeah, Biombo or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – you got to get bigger. They knew they already had guards. They knew they weren't. Chris Paul wasn't going nowhere. Booker Bridges was right there. They got three and D guys. Sure, the bigs up. So and, all y'all young people that just want to shoot threes all the time, y'all better. If, if you're not that big, you better get your mid range game right, which is a whole another topic another day. Oh my gosh! If you, but hey, if now we big, really sounding like some old heads. Yeah, they don't know nothing about mid range. You well, say think, something about a mid-range, they're like, oh, DeRose, you mean no shots? De- DeMar DeRozan and, always shoot? And Booker teaching them that now. Booker will shoot some mid-range. Yeah, on so you, you got to get your mid-range game up. Yeah, I mean, coming from, I always say this, and this is coming from two guys that don't have the size to play any other position but guard, especially at a high level. It's way more of us than it is of them. Therefore, hey, go go with the bread and butter. I mean, you can find guards that can shoot, guards that can run and pass all over the place. But it's hard to find a, a, a seven-footer that can be dominant and or stop other seven-footers. So once you get that, you know, you got to roll with it. You and the seven-footer in the post can shoot almost 60% from the field. So 60% from the field on the inside is better than 35% from the field from three point. Tell range. him. Tell him. I'm just tell saying. Him about it. I'll take Shaq in the post. Tell him about it. Even over Steph shooting threes. Right. Yeah, a three is worth one more point than than a two, but but you're gonna miss more than you're gonna make. The rebound from a three pointer is typically gonna lead to a, right. a, a easy shot for the other team. Exactly. Not to mention what a dominant big could do for your team and getting that other team in foul trouble. He's still getting threes because you're getting and ones. You're getting two free throws on it. You either dunking it or they fouling you so you can't dunk, and then you get two free throws. And then now he's in foul trouble, and now they over the limit on this. And now it you could kick it out to get open threes. It's just so – I know it sounds old coming from the old heads and old school basketball, but no, but you see in the playoffs – You'll see in the playoffs. The It'll come back. last night. The Nets – no, the, the – it was the Lakers and the Sixers. So mm-hmm. MB and Howard were battling each other because uh, the coach of the Lakers knew that he couldn't just put no little people out there because MB was just going to yeah, dominate. No, he'll, yeah, he'll kill it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and then Joker does whatever. And that's why I feel like I feel like Lakers were forced by force. They were forced to play Dwight Howard big minutes. But I'm saying y'all should have been doing that Playing him all from the season. Beginning. All season. 
and, and, and they had they let him go now, but they had DeAndre Jordan too. And I'm like, you got these bigs. You had JaVale McGee. You see what he's doing in Phoenix. I'm like, you could have just played that brand he, of basketball. He wins everywhere he goes. Remember, he was with Denver. Yep. Yep. And he was backing up Joker. And now yep. the Denver Nuggets, they got Boogie. Yeah. Backing up Joker. Yeah, that's another so big they, that could so be on the he list. He could be on the list. So they don't miss anything when Joker sit down. Yeah, he's had some big games, too. And, and I think that's the same with, with Aiden. Aiden doesn't feel bad if he sits down because he know he got backup. Right. And and Joker don't feel bad when he sit down because he know he got backup. And Aiden don't feel bad if he ends the game with eight, ten yeah. points. He don't. You can we, tell. We like, want to win. He out here dancing and stuff. They They want to win. And that is hard. That's going to be hard to beat. For the Lakers, for for even I mean Memphis, I, Phoenix is looking more and more like the team to beat because of their style of play. Is styles make fights, man? It's sustainable throughout the playoffs, and that and that that way the style that they play is built for the playoffs. It is, it is. Now only then you know the injuries can can throw a wrench in there, but I can throw a wrench in there That's for everybody. everybody, right? So without that. Yeah, Phoenix is looking good. I mean, the East Eastern teams we're gonna have to see because they, you know, you know, they're building off a of star, star power more than anything. Because right now, the way it's set up, Brooklyn right now today, if the playoffs ended today in the East, Brooklyn got to play at Toronto, and okay. Atlanta got to play at Charlotte. So, even if Brooklyn wins, which I would, t- I would, I take would take Brooklyn Toronto to- I- because Kyrie can't go to Toronto. Oh. Oh, so and, I would take Toronto, but Brooklyn would still be in it because they would play the winner of Atlanta and Charlotte, and I'm taking Atlanta to beat Charlotte, and, and I think I think Brooklyn, Brooklyn can, can beat, beat Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. So then, if that's the case, then Brooklyn gets the eighth seed, and they got to play Miami. Mm. Mm. That's a tough break for Miami, to be honest with you, because even though I, well. And then, of course, this is just the playoff start today. I don't know if Miami's going to be able to hold on to that one seed. It's well, looking if, it, like, if it stayed right now today. Yeah. So right now, Philly's number two. Yeah, so that, that means Philly so would that be is, seeing uh, – who would be Philly? Philly would see Toronto today. Oh, okay. Mm. If, if everything ended today. Now, that would be a good matchup too. But I think they got no answer for Embiid. They don't, but it's still – it, I think Van Vliet and all of them going to wear hard now, but I think at the end of the day, you got no answer for Yeah. And then Boston would play Chicago, and Milwaukee would play Cleveland. But with Jared Allen out, they just going to throttle Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland, I just feel like they're not ready, you know. But and, I, and in the West. Memphis is in the same situation. Well, that's, that's where we're going to the West. The Clippers would play Minnesota. Okay. In the play-in, and the Pelicans would play the Lakers. So I would say, I I, I can't bet. I I can't bet. Yeah, it's, I say it's going to be the Lakers and Clippers. Yeah. Because because, here's what's the thing. up with the Clippers. Think, what about Paul George? And, I think and Kawhi? Minnesota can beat back? the Clippers. No, I don't think mm. so. But I think Minnesota could beat the Clippers, so they'll automatically get in. Mm. And then I think it's going to be. The Pelicans and the Lakers, I think the Lakers beat them, so then the Lakers got to play the Clippers to get in the playoffs. Into the playoffs. And I would take the Clippers because the Clippers got the Lakers' number. They just, yeah, they've been Because if not, them. well, look at it like this. They beat them. Even if the Lakers beat the Clippers, Didn't guess who waiting on them? The Phoenix. Exactly. 
So yeah. then it would be <laughs> Phoenix and the Clippers. And then that, that two seed, it would be Memphis and Minnesota. Memphis. Yeah. Utah and Dallas in the 4-5. Mm, that one could go either way. I'm probably going to go with Dallas. I yeah. think Jason Kidd is going is gonna, to – and then it'll be Golden State and Denver. And the way Golden State been playing right now, mm. they they could mess around and get smacked up. They could, but they could mess around and win this whole they could, thing they could too. Win the whole, I mean – I don't know if I'm gonna because they don't you have think a big. They, you think they don't that, have a big. I'm, I'm not. I don't think that they can get. I don't, I don't think they get. I don't think they can get. Wiseman through. is he coming back? I even heard if, Wiseman was coming back. Even if they got him, I don't mm. think that they can beat Phoenix and Memphis. Mm. I think they could beat Memphis. Phoenix is gonna be right. I don't think they could beat both. Phoenix they is might. Be a they might could beat one. Yeah. But because the way okay, so if it, it's set up this way, they, I they're do not know that Steph meet. don't want no parts of John Morant. I know that. Yeah, So, but, but then that's what it's going to be. Because Memphis and Minnesota. So that's a good X-Factor game. I would have Memphis right taking Minnesota. And I would have, even, even if I take Golden State against Denver, then it's Golden State and Memphis. Mm-hmm. And then it would be Phoenix versus whoever win Utah and Dallas. Mm-hmm. So that Man. means that Golden State would have to beat Memphis. And then would have to beat Phoenix. To get to the finals, and I don't, oh, I, don't yeah. I don't see that. So, happen. so Phoenix wouldn't have to run through Memphis until not the until finals. the conference finals. Yeah, as long as it's one two. Yeah, they don't have to see them until the conference finals. Yeah, that that would be the best bet. For, but Golden for, State got to go through both of them. Yeah, to get to the Ooh, finals, that's gonna be tough. And, yeah. But so much is riding on Golden State as far as Clay Thompson and his return, and you know he's kind of having some ups and downs right now. Draymond Green, I know he's coming back. You know, he's he should sure them up. Wiseman might come back. And they got a bunch so of these guys. you would take Golden guys. State over Phoenix? I just want to see that series. You, We can see it, but... I just we, want to see it. If we I put, don't know. If we take $20 had, out of your <laughs> pocket, you taking Golden State over Phoenix. And I just told you that Phoenix is about 10 deep. Maybe 11 deep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'm probably gonna take Phoenix right now. I would take Phoenix yeah. because of the big man with uh, uh, Chris Aiden, Paul. Chris Paul. <laughs> I mean, to me, even though I we think ain't even Chris mentioning Booker, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was gonna say Chris Paul and 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 um, Steph Curry kind of even each other out because I think Steph Curry is at a better place in his career right now. Oh, but man. but CP3 in the playoffs is a monster. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That. I was giving him credit by saying him and Steph even Think each about other out Monty because Williams Steph is going to devise some stuff. Monty Williams is going to say CP3 is going to guard Wiggins, and we're going to put Bridges on Steph. For well, that's kind of what he did last year. Clay. I probably put Bridges on Clay. It would depend on what Clay doing. Chris, Chris Clay is a good defender, right? So I say, Chris, just you just worry about Steph. If Steph wanna shoot a bunch of threes, you know, we'll we'll live with that. But, but then on the other side, then who you gonna put Steph on? Exactly. You're gonna have to put Steph on Chris Paul and Chris Paul's gonna pick and roll him, him to death. Pick and roll him to death. And then and then, you know, Booker and, and, and Bridges can shoot and then they big man, of course. Not just Aiton, but McGee. McGee played for the Warriors too. That's another thing. You're talking about him being a winner. So, so yeah, I, I I would I would go Phoenix right now, but again I said this and I said the injury bug can happen to anybody, but it's more likely to happen to Chris Paul. 
just because of his injury history. I think he been and out that he didn't had his injury now. <laughs> I hope That's so. That's what I'm hoping. I hope so too. But because in the East, you you're not going to get Brooklyn if the brackets break out the way the way it is presently today. You're not going to get Brooklyn and Philly until the. Until the, the conference finals, finals. Which that's what I want to see. But I don't know if Philly can get through Milwaukee. Right. You got Milwaukee, Miami, and the X-Factor team, which they, they got to even Boston? fight to try to get there. Yes. Yes. So they, Have you seen how they've been playing lately? That's why. I, like, I don't I don't know if it's going to be a cakewalk for Brooklyn or Miami to get no, through Boston. No, it's not. It's not. And they might mess around and get upset, either one of them. I think and more than likely, come Brooklyn there, is more likely to be upset because Kyrie is so. And anybody that whatever. comes out of there, you got to hope that Philadelphia and Milwaukee just beat up each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to hope that that game goes to game seven. You know, uh, Embiid come into your, your gym limping a little bit. Well, actually, you'd have to go to them, depending. I mean, so. Yeah, everybody might be jockeying now. Like the, our next our next episode. It might be a whole it different be, kind of. That's bracket. what I was saying. Miami, except Phoenix not, is still going to be number one. It might not good for be good for Miami to keep that number one if Brooklyn's going to be coming in town. Well, it, it it could happen. I mean, if it was Milwaukee, I could see. No, but you you kind of want to stay between one. If you're trying to avoid Brooklyn, then you you kind of want to be three, because Brooklyn is either going to be not the seventh or the eighth seed. Eight, seven, yeah. Yeah, well, so you gotta see, you gotta you gotta try to be number and, three, and may, maybe you're not even worried about them. Maybe you ain't even trying to avoid Brooklyn. Maybe. maybe you're trying to avoid Philly, and you just need to. Because I don't think Miami is worried about them. I, I, I get the vibe that Miami really ain't worried about. Anybody. I think I think Styles make fights, and I think I think Lowry, I'll d up Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know? will. I you think will. I think Haslam will be. If, I mean, not an um, Bam. Bam. He'll, he'll have to deal with KD, but nobody can stop KD. Right, stopping but, KD is but, not but he'll, he'll Jimmy to, Butler will, will do his Jimmy thing. Or Jimmy Buckets. He'll, he'll try. So I, I don't think that they're worried about them yeah, that way. They're like Memphis on the East. They're not worried about it. Now, they can be beat, but if you ask them, they don't think they're about to be beat. But, like, I do I agree with you that Sleeper is the two-headed monster in Boston. Yeah. yeah. And Marcus Smart, he, he, he ain't backing down from nobody. Now, they don't have the bigs. I like Robert Williams. Uh, he, man, it's just like... And man. they got Horford. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they ain't big, big. Yeah. But they, they salvageable. Yeah, I, I don't know if they can hang with the bigs of... Well, really, it's only one I, big. I worry about Boston's bench. Well... Before it, I worry about anything else. It's it's their bench and... If, if the, you could get any anybody the, other than they top two. Any of they top two in foul trouble. Or if Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart is a, is a dog, though. I like any of they th- Any of those three get in foul trouble, then they got to come off the bench and, and grab some people. Yeah, yeah. But still, that's but another, that, but that's that another Eastern Conference Pop- team. That coach is from the Popovich tree. Yeah, yeah. And he knows... They know what they're doing, and, and they got... Bucket getters, and that's what's going to count in the playoffs a lot of times, too. Things are going to go ISO. It's going to go pick and roll. It's going to, can y'all stop me? And Jason Tatum is is somebody that can get 30. Jalen Brown is somebody that can get 30. Yeah. So that makes them that makes them tough. Hey, that's one thing I like love about the NBA and the playoffs is you have your favorites, and then you have teams that could be sleepers and X-Factors come in. I feel like that's so much different than the NFL. Yeah. Because to me, the NFL is – Look, 
Wait, I almost feel like this. Somebody said this a couple years ago, and I could not agree with them more. And he's like, the NFL is, I'm just going to give every team an 8-8 eight and eight record, and I'm going to give the good teams two extra wins because they just win two close games that maybe they could have lost or whatever. Yeah. And then the other teams, I'm going to pick them, get, get eight or to ten teams that lose two games that could have went either way. So then you got some 8-8 eight and eight teams, you got some 10-6 uh, and six teams or whatever, and then you got some – you know, six and ten teams, and then that's pretty much the NBA, the NFL, every year in a nutshell. And I'm like, man, that's so true. I, as a Cowboy fan, we've been going through it the most. We haven't won since I don't know. Well, you know, we will count playoff getting to the playoffs as a win, but every year there's no telling what team is going to be leading the division, what team is going to get to the playoffs, what team is going to be wild cards. They have parity. So much parody. And Some I think that's what the league could make, wanted. Could make everything. And, and I guess that's what they wanted. So no matter who you are as a fan, you feel like next year is our year. So going into that, I'm talking about NFL, all the next year is your year teams and, and, and stuff. We got a lot has already happened in the NFL, uh, I guess, offseason, free agency, whatever you want to call it. Starting with Tom Brady unretiring. Yeah. yeah, but why he have to do it on selection Sunday? <laughs> and everybody knew he was coming back. He don't want to be home. And <laughs> and not only was he coming back, but if I had those kind of numbers that he left with, I mean, it's cool to say, let me leave out on that note. Mm-hmm. But you kind of like the the guy. You was like, well, I still got it. Yeah. Like I I always thought Jordan should have left out when he with shot the, the jumper with the Utah. Right. You know, but right. he's like, I can still play. Yeah. You know, so I, I understand that and I get that. But I just don't understand why he has to be the media whore and just take <laughs> over. Well, he's been. He's been for a minute. It didn't seem like he was like that early on in his career. I don't remember him being like I remember not liking Tom Well, because Brady he was it, with the Patriots, he had to be a team guy and stick yeah. with everything that way. With Tampa Bay, he could let his hair down yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and then he got to win the Super Bowl. So then yeah. now he's even more so like, hey, man, right. look, this is mine. I mean, I respect him. I mean, he, he the man. I I ain't going to argue. I'm I'm old school and I'm yeah. still loving Joe I, Montana. But. I used to hate Tom Brady when – as I get older and become more of an old head myself, I kind of I kind of root for him. He's an old guy now. And he's so an I, old head too. Yeah, so I, I root for the old head. I mean, I want to see just how how far he can take this thing. Let me see if he can win another one. But you know, Tom Brady news. I think that's impactful. Honestly, I thought he would. Like you said, we all knew he was going to come back. I thought he would have waited until mid season so he didn't have to go oh, through the man. whole. Uh, uh, preseason. Giselle put them chores yeah. on him, and he had to take them kids to school and stuff. He's <laughs> like, man, let me go back here and play some football, man. Yeah, nah, this is for the birds. All right, I can yeah. come back to this in a few years, man. When the kids almost out the house. Yeah, let me let me get back to my element. Right. But but not just that. One thing we was talking in the back too, which was big news, was the Deshaun Watson deal. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. So. Full disclosure, mm-hmm. I'm a girl dad. Okay, right. My wife and I have five daughters between us. Mm, five of them things. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't just not see mm-hmm. those allegations that he got mm-hmm. against him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, there might be some gold digging going mm-hmm. on. It might be, I don't know if he did it or didn't do it. The court said he didn't do it. Let him play. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. just me. Right. Now, just on the football field, 
A lot of people are gonna say he hasn't won anything, mm -hmm. but football ain't basketball. Right. You you could be the best thing it's since sliced bread. Sport. Yeah. I mean, Barry Sanders didn't win anything. Are Correct. you gonna say he wasn't great? Right. Right. You know, if we're gonna go old school or whatever. Right. You know, so he put up numbers and he was that dude. In right. fact, my Bears should have grabbed him instead of grabbing Trubisky. Right. But that's a whole another story for another day. I'm about to flip a table now. I think he just got, they just sent him to so, uh, somewhere too. Even after, like, we were talking in the back and you said where they had J.J. Watt, they had the receiver, they had all these other people like that. Even after Houston let all of them go, Watson was still putting up numbers. Yeah, yeah. His team wasn't winning. No, nah, but he was. But if you look at his numbers, yeah, you know, he, he was putting up numbers. So, so the, the He's question MVP is, caliber type if I'm talent. Cleveland – the only thing that was stopping Cleveland, because Cleveland had all the talent on both sides of the ball and everything else, but they didn't have a quarterback because mm. Baker couldn't throw mm. or he couldn't throw straight. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like he reminded me of Tim Tebow almost. Man, he ain't that bad. Well, no. Let me talk about no. my OU Oklahoma ba guys Baker, like that. Baker, That's a Heisman winner. Baker reminds me of Johnny Manziel. Mm. I never thought Johnny Manziel was talented at all. I really? thought Baker was better than Johnny Manziel. Well, he is, and I think he was and is. I, not to get too far off but, but you Johnny Manziel was one of the better, one of the best college quarterbacks. Okay, but so was Tim Tebow. College ain't pro. Exactly, exactly. That's what we see him. That's what college we see. College ain't pro. I saw what's his name, Jamarcus Russell, throw a ball seventy yards on his knees. You know, college ain't pros, and in the quarterback position in the pros, you got to be mature. Right. Right. You, you you can't just live off athleticism. I mean, Michael Vick was like the, the Allen Iverson of football, but it wasn't until he got slowed down and got in that little trouble and he got mature and he could play a little bit better right. with right. the talent that was given to him or right. whatever. Right. And the quarterback position is about maturity. Exactly. So I, I understand why Cleveland had to move on. And plus, I'm not just moving on. I'm about to get this guy. Oh, it's a huge upgrade. That, that, it, it, it's a huge and, upgrade. And you can't knock that. Right. No, I can't. It's like, you my man. Look, I'm a Baker look, Mayfield guy, but that's, at, a, that's look, a huge upgrade. Look at what Toronto did with DeRozan. DeRozan was balling, but they was like, hey, we we can get Kawhi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You my guy. But we got to But we can get Kawhi. Upgrade. So, so I'm not mad at them on that point. They're going to have to sell from, from public relations and all that other stuff, all the other stuff. Right. Like the biggest guaranteed but the contract N But the ever. NFL is kind of like, you know, as long as you winning, we'll we'll look the other way. Definitely. As long as you're not doing anything that's messing with my pocket and you're not making me mad. Well, I, if that's the viewpoint, I, I totally agree with you. The The thing is, is they haven't always been that way because – but they Real wasn't quick. always close Colin to Colin Kaepernick had a, a record of success. Uh, that, and they turned really they make me mad. No, I'm saying they didn't turn their heads – to look the other way on him, they made sure he couldn't get back in the league. So that's number one. Number two, I I know Deshaun Watson is a baller. He's an MVP caliber type player. My only thing is, is he just hasn't proven it in the, in the sense not of his individual numbers. I was gonna say individually he has proven look, it. Let me tell y'all something. I'm gonna tell him myself full disclosure, like you said. I'm a Cowboy fan, and I'm one of the few apparently people that was a Tony Romo fan. Because I'm a realist. So I watched the games myself. I seen every snap this quarterback took. I watched every game we played. I watched him lead a team to the playoffs when we literally had the worst defense in the league. I mean, ranked 32, actually set a record for having the worst defense in Cowboy history. But yet we still win in games. And when we would lose games, guess who the scapegoat was? 
Tony Romo, man, he can't make plays in the clutch. Well, the game was 45 to 48. At some point, yeah, he threw that last interception. But come on, you won't forget the five touchdowns that he threw before that. That goes back to the maturity that we talked about. And the other thing, the quarterback is like the point guard. Mm -hmm. He going to get all the blame Mm -hmm. when they lose. And not a lot of the credit. And not a lot of the credit. But the quarterback is going to get the credit for winning. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. But then he's going to take the the brunt of the blame when they lose because – Right. That's just that's just what it is. That's but, just what but it is. I watch Tony Romo probably become become probably one of the greatest quarterbacks at, at in cowboy history. I watched that with my eyes, right? I went to a lot of the games. You I You put him seen. over Troy? Most definitely. You putting at, Tony Romo over Troy? Yes, most definitely because Roger Stallback? All of them guys. Tony over- Romo's flat out more talented and better than them. They all got to play with better teams. They got to play with triplets. Look at the numbers. Troy Aikman, I mean, Troy Aikman can't pass the ball like Tony. But anyway, before I even get on that, <laughs> I'm just going to say, but most people don't know that about uh, about Tony Romo because they think of him as the guy that couldn't get it done, the guy that hasn't proven anything, the guy that can't win in the playoffs. Nobody, but nobody second place. Nobody was saying anything about, but wait, he's putting up great numbers. He's a great individual. It's his team that's not that good. When he has pieces, he's good, good, good. No, it's all blame the court. So I feel like if Tony Romo was in this position where Deshaun Watson is, I people would have a, like an issue with him getting the biggest guaranteed contract of all time because they would say, this guy can't even win in the playoffs. So this since guy hasn't proven anything. Since we're doing the if. But why don't we say that about Deshaun Watson? Can we put Tony Romo in Troy Aitman's place and they get the same success? Or don't you think those those guys the triplets was meant to be with each other? I think it was a perfect it was a perfect, perfect. combination of players. So, uh, but still, I think and Troy football Aikman, is more Troy of a Aikman, team sport than man, anything. Because absolutely, I could be a good quarterback, but if I ain't got no offensive line, right? Or right. I ain't got a good running back, exactly. Or I ain't got good receivers. I could be the best. Remember, remember when Randy Moss left the Vikings. And went to the Raiders, mm-hmm. and he was trash. Mm-hmm. Well, they said he was trash, and then he went, and then he went to, to the, the Patriots, Patriots, and they went and undefeated. He broke all kind of records, right? So that right. football is one of those sports that you got to have a team, all the pieces that got to fit. And I could have a good offense, Peyton Manning and them back in the day in the beginning, and not have a good defense. And that exactly what you're saying is what I was saying. All I was screaming that from the mountaintops all Tony Romo's career. Like, this is a team game. How can y'all blame this guy? He had 400 yards, four touchdowns, and we lost the game, and but he's to blame. But when you think of them Cowboy teams during those years, who's the first person you think about? The quarterback. Right. But what I'm saying is is football is one of those – it's a full team game, but the way they're giving out contracts and stuff, it's a, the quarterback does get – the credit for wins and the blame for losses. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. I've seen it happen. Even when I thought it was unfair, because I thought Tony Romo was unfairly judged and criticized. What was that playoff game that last way? year that went overtime in the quarter? It was the Chiefs and the Bills. And they Man, going back and forth, back game. and forth. But somebody got to lose. Yep. Yep. Somebody going to lose. And 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 when it's it becomes a when it's a pattern is when it becomes a problem. Like so, Mahomes. Well, Mahomes has already won. So let's just say you know Bills quarterback or whatever. You know everybody's high on him now, but what if he doesn't make the playoffs next year, or what if he gets injured, or their, his star receiver gets hurt, and then they 
they lose in the first round and you're done exactly and and your window of opportunity can be very short and if you don't capitalize it then you miss that window of opportunity and then it you know it doesn't work out young guys don't understand that in all sports because no. they think if I don't get here, if I got this close this time, I got plenty we'll get of time it next to get year. there. And it is hard. And like I was saying, with the NFL being so much parity, you could go to the championship. You could be one game away from the Super Bowl and y'all lose. Y'all might not even make and the playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> that's that's just how crazy if, it is. Because if you look at football, you in the, in the, in the AFC, it's going to be some teams that don't Man. make the playoffs. Look at it. You got Chiefs, Chargers, Bills. Uh, uh, I mean the Browns. Deshaun Watson is there. Is there balling? I mean, don't you, forget the Ravens. <sighs> Ravens, Steelers. Steelers. I mean, yeah. all of them ain't making the playoffs. You got so many good quarterbacks. The Dolphins just traded for for um Cheetah. And yeah, they got two. Of the, I saw something. They got the two fastest receivers in the whole NFL on their team now. Right. Like they just need somebody. You know, if Tua can throw it deep to them, we'll see what how that goes. So. NFL is is crazy, and one of the biggest things I want we'll touch on it real quick because this is the what's going on in the world type of uh, uh, topic for us. Connection to the NFL, though, um, we're talking black coaches in the NFL. Okay, you brought up um, Miami, and and you know it's kind of in the NFL news with the uh, Brian Flores lawsuit that he has against the NFL. Um, Discrimination. I'm or, glad he still know, got a job. Barely, not a head Pitt, coaching job. Pittsburgh hired him. Not They're a head the coaching job. Only team job. that would hire him. Right. So in the NFL, it's kind of not like, and I like to compare apples and oranges sometimes. Mm-hmm. NFL and NBA. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, Willie Green took over the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Steven Silas took over the Rockets. Mm-hmm. He's a nobody, black coaches. Yeah, nobody expected them to win. But their job is safe. Two bad teams. And, and Willie Green might mess around and get in the playoffs with the team that he got, even though Zion didn't play. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, I remember back in the day during your Tony Romo time when Lovey Smith was 10 and 6. Mm-hmm. Still and he, got and we fired. got we fired him, and y'all kept Jason Garrett, who was 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 8 and 8. In the NFL, That's a great in, example. Yeah. In the NFL, the only standard that we got when we're talking about this topic is Tomlin. Exactly. So the only way Dennis is going to get, the only way you're going to get a chance in the NFL is going to be with a bad team. Right. And you know that they're going to lose. And by the time they get ready to start winning, they're going to get rid of you. Right. And bring some, look at how long. Because my record doesn't look good. And look at how long in the NBA that Brett Brown got to keep a job with the Sixers, with the process. And that's what I'm saying. And the NBA is better than the NFL. Because you get more opportunities. Yes. And, you know, I was looking at some numbers. I think there's there's between 16 to 20 black coaches in the NBA. Right. And there's three in the NFL, which I was talking in the back, too. I do yeah, some research. Yeah, but those are not black coaches. Minority. Yeah. Get that. Make sure we <laughs> right, say that. There's right. one black well, coach. Well, yeah. And that's just ridiculous when the league is 70% African-American. And um, they somebody just hired a um, – a biracial black, half black, half white. But then coaching. look at these, so that makes two. Co- these black offensive coordinators that don't even get a sniff. Right. That, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, uh, the Buccaneers' uh, offensive coordinator. The enemy. The enemy. He should he should be a head and coach Leftwich. somewhere. He should he should be a head coach somewhere. And Leftwich. And and 
for what you have to do, the type of success that you need to show in order for you to get a shot when you're black is well, is extraordinary. Like the Chiefs have been known for having one of the most explosive offenses in in modern modern football. Yet their offensive coordinator still don't have. You don't even get a sniff. Not even an what? interview. What are you? This doesn't so, even make no sense to me. But but the NFL is kind of like how me and you were raised, and your mother told you you got to do double. Right. To get half of the credit that you deserve. Exactly my point. And there being, you know, the whole point of this lawsuit was because the Rooney rule, everybody knows the Rooney rule is, you know, you got to you got to interview a minority. That was enacted in 2003. There was three black coaches. It's 2022, and there's still three black coaches or minority coaches. Yeah, so minority. that's not working, obviously. And in, in, in the history of the NFL, when something don't work, they move on. And what's the percentage of players in the NFL? 70. 70 plus. 70? That's it? I <laughs> thought it was higher than that. It, when you watch a game, it looked like it should be higher than that. Yeah. But, but oh, yeah, you got the punters and the kickers and stuff. <laughs> Facts, facts. Yes, yeah. You know some offensive linemen and stuff out there, but but um, my take on this is 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 systematic racism, and I hope I don't scare anyway the white people listening Ooh. because they tune out when you when you bring up racism, and I, this isn't one of those cases where I'm pulling the racism card. I'm saying it's strictly, but it's a societal thing. It is. It's a reflection like, of our society. People will look at us and they'll say, "Well, you got everything. You shouldn't be complaining about nothing." I'm like. But we get discriminated against. And what do the people? What about the people that don't got what I got? Yeah. And then I think it's it's a system thing. It's not like some like the the NFL as an agency is like, well, we don't like black people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what the system is in place is like this. Owners can pick all that. The NFL is actually trying to fix these issues. They don't want this smoke. They don't want this accusation. They're trying to fix it, but it's the owners that get to yeah, pick. Yeah, because those billionaires, like, you're not going to tell us. Man, you don't tell me what, what to we do. Gonna do. You can tell me I have to interview somebody. You don't tell me who I have to hire. Yeah. Now, so how many owners in the NFL are black? That's Let's start there. Black Easy. or minority? <laughs> Either or. Well, there's Zero. One, there's one minority. Zero. Oh, uh, the guy that owns Jacksonville. Yeah, he's Indian. Indian. Yeah. Um, but no black owners. So, therefore... No. I think it's a systematic issues because... And not only is it systemic, but if me and you put our little coins together and we had enough money to buy a team, we still got to get approval no by sir. the rest of those owners to get in. And, and you think you're getting that? If that was the case, like I said, I mean, like rappers and stuff would own teams by now. But, uh, you know, it's an issue where the system is broken because all of the owners are all older white men and they see things their way. And they've had success. They're billionaires. But they don't even see it as broken. They say everything no, is No, it's fine not broken here. to them because they're billionaires. So they didn't become billionaires off of, you know, making stupid decisions or doing right. stupid things. So therefore, they're pretty. And for a lot of them, these teams are like their hobbies. This ain't their life. This is like and they something have, to do. They have a lot of confidence in their decision making. Right. And when they're thinking of a head, it's just, it goes back to remember how they used to feel about quarterbacks back yeah. in the day, too. It's like, yes, I understand this league. Shout is, out to Warren Moon. And, I understand this league is mostly black, but when we when we need a quarterback, like we were saying earlier, when we need a quarterback, we need somebody mature. Yeah. We need somebody that can, can that's think. a leader. So it so I wrote this down. It actually says what I wrote down was they use the words like traditional mm -hmm. or unorthodox. So so if you're a white quarterback, you were the traditional ones. If you're a GM of a team and you're trying to build a franchise, do you want the traditional? quarterback or the unorthodox so they're not going to get Lamar Jackson 
Well, now they are because they're like, <laughs> hey, man, well, some of them are. But I'm just saying back then, that's the thought yeah, process. He wouldn't have been able to play back I, then. I could go with the, you know, this guy kind of reminds us of Randall Cunningham or whatever. That's unorthodox. But Randall so, Cunningham and all of those people didn't get on the field until Ron Jaworski or one of them got hurt. You got to get lucky. And because when it's time to pick these positions, you're picking, they want somebody with leadership qualities. Yes, sir. And traditional. And they were the ones that got to pick that. So they just didn't see, they and don't then, see and, and black people as, as that type of say, person or that type eyes, of athlete. He can't lead me, so he can't exactly lead my, my point. Team. They look at, and I'm not in a racist way, because we all do it. <laughs> I know, I personally, I would do it. If I go out there and I see uh, a black kid and a white kid playing football and they say, hey, one of them's a wide receiver and one of them's a fullback, guess. Yeah. Okay, I know what I'm guessing. But what I'm saying is they do the same thing. You know Cooper Cup see... coming to get you now because you said that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I didn't say I'm just saying if I had to. Right. And they, Cooper Cooper knows. But uh, I'm just saying, so these own, just like then it was coaches, when they're thinking about who I want to lead my team, I want the leader in that group. I don't see leader when I see black because well, he I'm not coach, racist. He can coach them linebackers, but right. I don't want him coaching the whole team. If you right there and, and, and your white counterpart is right there, I'm thinking you're the athlete. Yeah. He's the leader. I want the leader to quarterback this team and throw the ball to you, my athlete. I'm not racist. I love y'all both. But that's just how I see things. And that's how they see things when it comes to coaches. Now you're the chauffeur and he- – and he's the one that you're chauffeuring. Exactly. It's like, no, it's, it's, Same with coaches. You're when I think of a coach, I need somebody with leadership qualities. Right. I need somebody with, with a traditional style. I don't want the athlete. No, when I think of a black coach, I want him. Hey, you're a black coach. Hey, coach my linebackers. Right. Coach my running backs. Recruit for me. Get these yeah. guys to want to come over here. Coach my wide don't receivers. Don't do special teams because that might be too complicated no, no. for you. That's important now. Yeah. And you no. don't do special teams. No. So, no. so when I see a white coach, I'm like, now nah, that's the guy that can coach my coaches. That's going to lead my organization. And Colin Kaepernick even said this in his little show or whatever. He's like, man, if you were creating the, uh, um, a perfect player or a perfect coach or a perfect whatever in a video game, you're probably going to create that player to be similar to your likeness. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to look like you, maybe your height, your weight, and, and be all like you. And these GMs in the current NFL do the exact same thing, and that's not going to change unless you get black owners in there that they start doing the same thing. Like, hey, I'm going to – and then because it's a copycat league, mm-hmm. you, you know, Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick were like kind of – out there by themselves playing that style. Now you see in the NFL, lots of black quarterbacks are out there. And then it's a lot of white quarterbacks playing what they used to call the black quarterback style now, yeah. right? These white quarterbacks running the and, and doing all this kind of stuff. Like even uh, the Buffalo, like all these young quarterbacks, even the white guys are, are running the ball a lot more stuff that was unorthodox back then because it's a copycat league. And they saw Lamar Jackson running all over the place and having mm-hmm. success with that. So the same would happen with coaches. But you need to have some black owners in there that are going to hire black coaches, the and then people like, start seeing not, it work. We're not giving up our plant. I mean, our our teams. I almost said plantation. Um, <laughs> it said the, we're not giving that up. I, it, it, but it what, fits. But what they're doing now, because they 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 did hire, a, not a lot, but they I hire some minority GMs. Yeah, cats I ain't never that heard about. 
That's true. So what they're GMs is, is a big so, deal. So what the it. owners are going to do mm-hmm. is they're going to put it the owners on the GM. That's well, his fault. Well, yeah, he could have picked this person, but he didn't mm-hmm. pick. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's what it's going to be. You're right. That the change would have to come systematically, and it would have to start from the owners and GMs, because you're not gonna you're not going to convince or or make a rule that's going to make even if they had a rule where it's like hey well you have to hire right. a black coach what, what what kind of stuff is this now now it's getting it would just get too crazy but to have a rule where you need to interview one but you don't have to hire them and all this clearly that's not working right. the issue is big much bigger than that i would say it needs to be have the a little more inclusion in the ownership ownership is is key but we can't, you know, some things we ain't going to be able to get. We can't just walk in and kick the door in. Yeah. I, and money alone ain't going to get us in. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Players need to, I, I think the NBA was a, a a trailblazer in the sense of showing that players have a lot of control. And if they want to flex NFL that people muscle. people don't make NBA money. Like, no, that's true. Like LeBron is already talking about owning a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's possible, and the commissioner is going to work with him to make sure he makes that happen because he wants to keep him there. Well, what NFL player, what 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 African American NFL player do you think would have that kind of cachet that's right good, now? That's a good point. That's a real good point, because even though the league is mostly black, I would bet that the most the most profitable players in NFL history are white guys. Yeah, I Tom mean Tom Brady's. Patrick Mahomes. And Tom Brady. I don't know if Patrick, is Matt, Patrick Mahomes is half black or something? Yeah. Right? yeah, okay. His dad is black. Yeah, I figured. Um, so who has that kind of cachet in the NFL? Tom Brady might be the only no, one. No, but I'm saying a black person that yeah, has oh, that kind of cachet. No, there isn't one. Not that I could think of. Even in the history of the NBA. Maybe a guy like Walter Payton, Walter if he would have got to stick would, around would long enough. The closest one yeah. that I would think. Yeah. He would have to that be, would be the that. only one that would have been. But then they weren't making that kind they, of money back that's then. That's what I was saying. They don't have. And even they're not making that kind of money now. No, not in the NFL. No. No. Yeah. they Those owners really have so the muscle that's, in control. That to me is going to be. It, it has to be somebody that they want to get behind and say, we want to do what we can to help them become an owner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anybody, like you said, with that type of cachet in the in the league present or or uh, past so they still got a long way to go and the i don't know if it's the fortunate part about it or unfortunate part about it but they're never going to run out of people to sign up to want to go play no because everybody even even when the concussion movie came out and everybody thought that everything was going to go out sign me up coach nfl just keeps rolling along (laughs) sign me up coach and they'll televise the game and next man up is is the is the is the philosophy so that's that's what they're going with but but yeah, no, good talk, good good discussion. I, I mean, not that it's gonna get anywhere or turn into anything, but it's just good to get people thinking about these things because yes, sometimes it's more than just the game. Yes, sir. the game inside of the game that we have to pay attention to as well. Yes, sir. But uh, yep, that's about it. I know you got to get going. That's the n- another episode of the old heads in the books. A shout out to the producer Steph, Stephanie. I know she back there doing producing work she might yeah. even be on the phone or something right now always busy and thank everybody for joining in listening in if you got anything that you want to let us that you want to hear us talk about yes wherever you see this posted um and you're listening to it or, or watching it man drop a comment 
give your your point of view on this, whether it be we talked about point guards in the NBA, some big men in the NBA, and then we went into the NFL and uh, even start talking about the the black coaches and, and how we feel about that in the NFL. So, so plenty of things. We'd love to get everybody else's opinion on it and uh, maybe even some feedback on what we're going to talk about on the next episode. Thanks for, thanks for joining. All right. All right. That's a wrap. Steph, you in there? Here she come now. Look at her. I thought so. Just hit stop. Dun, dun, dun. But yeah, man. I, so what's up with your... Uh